0: Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue the series entitled, The King's Meet. This would be part number
1: two, and it is subtitled, Save Me From Me. I thank the Lord Jesus that he has saved us, healed us, and delivered us. But at times, we still have a problem with this flesh. At times, we can still get out of control, and there are some desires in us that is not so holy. And we have to cry out to the Lord. To save us from the enemy that is within. Well, today we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. All right. Without any further ado, here comes the message entitled, Save Me From Me. Right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. We bless you, Father, so much. And we entrust you now with it all. In Jesus' name, let every heart say amen. All right. Well, we're going to go back to the book of Daniel. Uh, back to Daniel, the first chapter, we started last week uh, from the, uh, from the message entitled The King's Meat, The King's Meat. And today we're going to go into a part two of that, and we're going to, sub- we're going to subtitle it, Save Me From Me, Amen. Save Me you, Lord. You, Lord. From Me. Daniel, the first chapter, reads like this, we'll just read just a little bit, again, starting in verse number one. And in the third year, rather in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, uh, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, uh, king of Judah, into the hand, into his hand, uh, with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, unto uh, the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God and the king spake unto Ashpenash the king of the eunuchs that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish but well favored and skilled and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Verse uh, five. And the king appointed them a, a daily portion of the one of the king's meat. Verse number five. And of the wine which he drank so nourish nourishing them three years that at the end thereof uh, they might stand before the king now among these were of the children of Judah now among these were of the children of Judah Daniel um, Hananiah Mishael Azariah unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names For he gave unto Daniel the name Belteshazzar, uh, and to uh, Hananiah uh, of Shadrach, and unto Mishael Meshach, and unto Azariah of of Abednego, verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. This is actually a group effort here not only Daniel, but the, the, but the other three as well. He purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. All right, we're going to stop there for just a moment. All right, last week we discovered quite a bit about the goings on here. We know that the uh, that, that the people of God had been captured, and then now they were in enemy hands. And we also noticed that there was a reason, there was a reason why uh, the prince of eunuchs here uh, decided to change their names. Remember that all of their names had a, uh, all their names tied in or looked at or reminded them of the nature and characteristic of God. Remember Daniel's name, uh, remember we could divide it up into Daniel, El, El, meaning God, right? Daniel, Daniel's name means God is my judge. Hananiah, we talked about Hananiah last week. Hananiah means God has favored, or in other words, the one whom God has favored, right? Now, we didn't talk about Mishael and Ezariah. We're going to go right into those today. Mishael's name means who is what God is? Who is what God is, or who is like our God? That's Mishael's name. So every time his name was mentioned, Mishael, they were saying, "Who is like our God? Who is like our God?" But they gave him the. But they gave him the name uh, Mishak. Now Mishak, of course, uh, has the. Uh, you'll notice it. It has the name uh, Shishak or Shak at the end of it, which is the name of the. Uh, the goddess, one of the goddesses there in Babylon, which was celebrated, Shishak was one of their gods. And so they rename uh, Mishael Shishak, uh, meaning that now you serve the goddess Shishak. Now remember, Mishael means uh, who is like our God. His name reminded him of the great God Jehovah, of the great, uh, of the great Elohim, the great God, the great ruler. And when the prince of the eunuchs changed their names or when the king changed their names, he was telling them to forget your God, forget your religion, forget your country, forget your people, forget your heritage, forget everything that your God has done for you. And now you're going to not serve him anymore. You're going to serve Shishak. You're not living in a palace anymore. Now you're living in a shack. Are you hearing so there was an erasure here. Now let's look at Ezariah. Uh, Ezariah's name uh, means Jehovah has helped. And now they change his name to Abadnego, meaning servant of um, Nebo, servant of Nebo. Now we want you to forget about how Jehovah has helped you. And now we want you to become a servant, serve this God in Babylon, this false God, this demonic spirit, serve this God called Nebo. All right. Now there, there is only one God. There is only one God. The rest that call themselves God are actually demon spirits that are masquerading around these idols. The people would come in and they would pray to these idols like Nebo and um, Shishak and and, um, all the the other gods, quote-unquote gods in Babylon. And sometimes they would get a result because those demon spirits would manifest themselves in one particular way or another. But there was always a price. Remember, anytime you dance with the devil, you're going to get dipped. Sooner or later, you're going down. There's only so many times that you can dance with him without first going down, without eventually going down. And so we notice that now here is the thing. Now we really want to, we're taking our major thing from verse number eight. Verse eight says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine, which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs, Uh, that he would not, or that he might not defile himself. Now, the word defile, of course, means to pollute. He said, I'm not going to pollute myself uh, with the king's meat. I'm not going to pollute myself with the king's wine. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to allow this to happen. Now, as he's saying to defile and pollute, he's not only talking about his physical body, but he's talking about his walk and his relationship with God Almighty. He does not want to allow these things of this world or this worldly system to pollute or to um, or scourge his walk with the Lord. Now, there are a whole lot of temptations in this world today that will want to do that exact same thing. But he decided that he would not allow the culture, this new culture that he's been uh, been made a part of now remember he's come from they've been captured they uh, were citizens there in god's place in the promised land there in judah so the enemy came and captured them and brought them from god's place and now they're serving over here uh, under king nebuchadnezzar and nebuchadnezzar is trying to indoctrinate them with his culture trying to make them look like him you understand and that's exactly what the world does. It wants to make you look like it. There's a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure, especially on our um, uh, young people today, uh, to look like them. I mean, they come out in the world with their pants uh, hanging on the ground, looking like a fool with their pants on the ground. And then what happens? Then here comes our young men wearing their pants on the ground. The young ladies come up, especially there in Hollywood and all these places, wearing dresses so small it barely co- covers their unmentionables. And then what happens? We see fashions and styles like that coming in high school all over, all over the place. The pressure is to become like them. But Daniel said he purposed in his heart, I will not allow this culture, I will not allow this king Nebuchadnezzar, nor the prince of his eunuchs. I will not allow them to influence my walk with God. I will not allow that to happen. He purposed in his heart. He dared to stand. Are you hearing me? He realized that he was in the culture, but he would not allow that culture to get in him. And you and I have to make that same decision decision today. Now, these were four young men, four young men, uh, possibly in their uh, teenage years there. Four young, young men that decided to stand up—not adults. These were four young people. Say amen, young people up in here. Say amen. amen. These were four young people <laughs> that decided to stand up. Hallelujah! To say no, they were defiant. They were rebellious. No, we will not do this thing. Hallelujah! Now let's take a, let's take a little walk in the New Testament and let's see how it brings out the flavor of these verses here and first john you can write it down or flip to it if you can first john the uh first john the second chapter verses 15 uh, through 18 it says this in the uh, king james version first john two fifteen 15 through 18 and it says this love not the world neither the things that are in the world If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, that's what you'll find there, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. The world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children... It is the last time, or this is the last hour. We're living in the last days. This is the last hour. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come. Say Antichrist. Antichrist. Say Antichrist. Antichrist. You have heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, hereby we know that it is the last time. This is how we know that it is the last time because of all these antichrists coming on. Now, what does antichrist mean? The word anti means instead of. It could also mean against. In this context, especially it's saying instead of Christ, the world offers you many other solutions instead of Christ. Take this instead of this. Instead of. Notice what it says in the word. It says love not the world. For what's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. There are many substitutions that the devil wants to offer you. Many things instead of Christ. Instead of doing what God says, do this. Right? Instead of uh, and and uh, we can go through a whole list of things instead of getting peace from God. Well, let's try to get some peace from drugs instead of getting intimacy from God. Well, let's try to get intimacy uh, through uh, sexual content and, and other relationships instead of instead of there are many antichrists in the world today. Many things, many other uh, many other knockoffs. My little nephew used to call them knock knocks. Knock knocks. There are many other knockoffs in the world. Now, the devil can only offer you the promise, but he cannot give you the supply. He can only say, I want to give this to you, but he cannot really supply it. Everything he will give to you will actually sour after a while. Now, let's look in James, the fourth chapter. You can turn to it or or make a note. James 4, chapter 4, verses 4 through 10. And it says this. Now, this is out of the New Living Translation. I want you to hear, I don't really, King James, of course, is our basic, is our standard. We always go with the King James. But then there are other translations at different times that can help bring out the flavor and understanding of the verse. This is one of those. Uh, the New Living, New Living Translation doesn't always get it right, but in this, this case, it knocks it right out of the park. Please listen to what it says. James, the fourth chapter, verses four through ten. It says, you adulterers. Now, who is he talking about? The world? The man on the street? The man in the club? No, he's talking about those that are in the house of God. He's calling them adulterers. Strong language, right? Imagine the preacher getting up on Sunday morning, looking, looking you straight in the face and say, you adulterers. Hallelujah. If the shoe fits, wear it. Praise the Lord. You adulterers. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Amen. What do you think the scripture means when they say that the spirit of God has placed within us, uh, is filled with envy? He really, The Holy Spirit, that is, really wants your attention. He really wants your attention. He's fighting for your attention. The Spirit of God is fighting for your attention. Isn't that something? Turn to name and tell him, he shouldn't have to fight over you. The Holy Spirit shouldn't have to fight for your time. He shouldn't have to be boxing your television to get to you. He shouldn't have to be boxing your phone, your cell phone, your Twitter, your Facebook to get your attention. Are you hearing? He, there should be no competition there. Verse 6 says, but he, give it, but he gives us even more grace to stand against such evil desires. As the scripture says, God opposes the proud but favors the humble. So humble yourselves uh, before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you wash your hands you sinners look at that he's talking to people in the church first he called them adulterers now he called them sinners isn't that something sometimes we need to be reminded right hallelujah he says wash your hands you sinners purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between god and the world look at that your loyalty is divided between god and the world Notice that. He says you have divided loyalty. Before that, we heard that the Holy Spirit is envious. He wants your time. He wants you. He wants your fellowship. He wants to hear from you. Your, but your time is divided. That's why he says adulterers. Sometimes you're with me in God's bed, and sometimes the Lord said you over there in his bed. Adulterers, adulterers, adulterers. Don't you know that God wants all of you? Isn't that something? Amen. And so he says, your loyalty is divided between God and the world. He says, let your, verse 9, let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and, and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves before the Lord. And and He will lift you up in honor. Amen. Are you hindering? Are you hearing this? Amen. Amen. So He's telling us that there must be a revival. That there must be a revolution. There must be a change. And we have the ability to do this through the Father. Uh, let's look at another one. John the fifteenth chapter, John fifteen nineteen. You can make a note of it or turn with me in the King James version. It reads this: John fifteen nineteen. It says. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. There must be a distinction. Now we look at it again in John 15 verse 14, it says this, rather John 17, you can make a note of it or turn to it. John 17 verse 14 says, I have given them thy word and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. There is a clear distinction. There is a clear line between the body of Christ, between the work of God and the work of the devil. There is a clear line between light and darkness. There is a clear line between right and wrong. There are no shades of gray in this world. There are no shades of gray. It's either you're up or you're down. You're in or you're out. You're with God or you're not with Him. Are you hearing? and so there is a call now there is a call now that the father is making from heaven that is going around the earth even as at this moment as God tells his people come out from among them and be ye separate come out from among them and be ye separate come out from among them and be you separate now remember he's not telling us to move away from our neighborhood or get off of our job he's telling us to get the king's meat out of our belly get those desires out of us It's time for us to go through a spiritual detoxing process. That's why the Lord says we've got to pray. We've got to cry out to him. Lord, save me from me. Because the Lord Jesus has already done the work. He has already destroyed the power of sin. He's already done it. But we're having to wrestle now with this flesh, with our desires. And if you say that you're not in a wrestling match, that must mean that you've already been consumed by the devil. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We've got to come to the place where we begin to love what God loves. Hate what God hates. Accept what God accepts. Reject what God rejects. Are you hearing? So the king's meat once again was like prime cut meat. Prime cut meat. This is what Daniel was turning down. The king's wine was the best, delicious and flavorful, full of flavor. I mean, the meat just fell off the rib, just fell off the bone, just fell off. Just fell off. This was some good meat. Are you hearing? Some good meat. You could smell it all around town on the barbie. Mmm. Your mouth began to water. Hopla, hopla, hobla hopla, blah hopla, you know what I'm talking about when that meat is just up there so good. Mm, you smell it all over the house. You can't wait to eat of you getting hungry right now just thinking about it. This is what Daniel was turning down. The king's meat for us today would be those things that, that, that are on television or, or going out with people that say, hey, you want to do this and that and the other? I mean, these are enticing things. They're very enticing because they are designed to affect your flesh. It's designed to rile your flesh up, mm, to give you a desire for this thing. And this is the thing that Daniel said, no, I'll have no part of that. These four broke away. Verse 6, now look at, go back to Daniel, verse 6, I want you to see something. It says, now among these, say "among among these. Now among these were? of the children of Judah among these among who are the these those others there were more than just the four more than just Daniel and, and Hananiah Mishael and Azariah more than just four there were many others not sure how many others but among these these four stand up and say no we're not going to do it these four stand up these four children among all the other children these four stood up The others did not. These four said, no, we're not going to do that. No, that's wrong. These four said, okay, you've taken us from that land to this land, but look, we we may not be able to control that, but we can control this. And this is where it stops. This is where it ends. But here again today, how can we distinguish? In many places, you cannot distinguish someone that calls themselves a Christian and from those that say they're of the world. We're so intermingled with them, so intermingled that we can't tell by our fashions, by our speech, by our viewing habits, by our entertainment. Is there a clear distinction? But we've been in so involved and we've been on the king's meat in his culture in his society for such a long time now that we have the flavor, that we have this flavor and, and our bodies long for that. So we've got to be detoxed off of that. We've got to be detoxed. In this culture today, I'm telling you, even this culture today, you look, people look at you mighty strange. And uh, especially if you tell them that you've been married for such a long time or whatever, and you have not slept with somebody else. They think it's strange. In your teenage years, even especially in today's culture, young girls or, or young boys, if you tell your friends that you're a virgin, they'll look at you sideways. You, you what? Amen, amen, amen. you a virgin, what? That's so true. Yes, it, is. it is taboo because of this culture, because of this system. Yes. You, it's like you're being punished for standing up for what God says. If you, the the world tells you, I'm telling you, the world tells you that it's okay uh, to get drunk just as long as you uh, have a responsible driver. Oh, it's okay to go and have a good time. But the word of God is very clear. It says, do not get drunk. Do not be drunk where is in excess, but be filled with the spirit. Are you hearing? They say it's okay to sleep around. It's okay for you to fornicate. It's okay for you to have sex before marriage. Just use protection just be responsible the world wants to make it all okay here again this is the meat that daniel was rejecting they say it's it's okay for you to tell a lie it's okay for you to lie it's it's okay they even try to make it better by calling it a white lie it's just a white lie It's okay. God understand. He knows you won't hurt our feelings. God understand. Yeah. Yeah. What God understands that all lies would have their place in the pit of fire. Amen. Amen. But the world wants to make it okay. Are you hearing? They say it's okay to be loose. It's okay to lie. And in this world system, especially in this country, you are supposed to have debt. You are supposed to be the servant of someone else. But God said, oh, no man, but to love him. But we grow up in this culture and we come up with this theology, this thinking of the world, and we buy into it. But I'm telling you today that God said it's time for us to get off of the king's meat. Thank you, Lord. There must be a difference. There must be a change. Yes, Lord. There must be a difference. Amen. There must be a change. Turn to your name and tell him we've got to get off of this meat we've got to get off we've got to get off of this meat and it's going to take the spirit of god in order to do that are you hearing Amen. and in many places the gospel of jesus christ many churches just to show you how the culture has affected uh, even even those that are in the the, the ministry the professional minister so to speak whether it's pastors apostles or prophets evangelists many uh, many 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 have begun to water down the gospel and it has become a feel good message. Make me feel good. Mm. This is done in an effort to make it more appealing to the masses in order to fill the seats of many big places. Mm. Let's water it down. Don't tell them about what's going on. Don't call them adulterers. Don't call them sinners. Tell them God understands he doesn't mind you sleeping in his bed a little bit and then you sleeping in the devil's bed a little bit he says it spices up your relationship <laughs> the devil is a liar are you hearing what I'm saying to you Amen. Amen. so many places the gospel has been watered down to a feel good message in an effort to, to fill up the seats listen a gospel that is less they, they want to make it a gospel a gospel that is less confrontational And a gospel that is less confrontational will draw large crowds. But at the same time that you draw those large crowds with a gospel that is less confrontational, you will lose the presence of God. Jesus will go out one door and all the crowd will come in the other door. And that is not acceptable. Are you hearing me? Now let's look at that. Let's go to Romans the first chapter. I'm going to wait on you now. Let's go to Romans the first chapter. Flip there quickly if you can. Romans the first chapter as we begin to see just this happening in today's society Romans the first chapter we've got to stay true to the word of god we've got to do what daniel what daniel uh uh and the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, so to speak. We've got to do what they did. Even as they were in the fiery furnace or about to be in the fiery furnace, the king said, unless you bow down and worship me, I'm going to burn you up in this fiery furnace. But they said, king, let there be no mistakes. We're not going to serve you. We may get toasty roasty in these flames, but let it be known we're not going to serve you. Let it be known that the God that we serve is able to do this. But if if he does not do it, we're not going to serve you. They were still defiant. Are you hearing? Romans, the first chapter, look at verse 22 through 25. And it says, uh, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools talking about many of those that uh, darken the doors of the church verse 23 these end times and change the glory of the uncorruptible god into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things therefore god also gave them up uh, gave them up to uncleanness uh, through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies uh, between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the, cre- the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Now look at verse number 23. It says, And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like of corruptible man. Who can change God's image in the earth? Hmm. Look at verse, look at verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie? Hmm. Who has the ability to change even the truth of God, the word of God? Who has the ability to pervert that? Well, that's when you want to look at, uh, at the preachers in the house of God. That's when you want to look at, um, those that Claim to be saved in the house of God. That says, "Oh, God doesn't do that. Oh, He loves you. He doesn't mind if you do this, and that, and the other. He doesn't mind." They're changing God's image, changing God's reputation, changing God's character. And God said, "I have not changed." They're ch- beginning to change who God is. God said, "No, no, I don't like that." What they're saying does not line up with his word, does not line up with the character and his, of his character and his nature. They have begun to change his word or change his truth into a lie. And now they are worshiping and serving the creature. Now the service is more geared around the comfort of the worshipers and not geared around the will of God. Are you hearing? Oh, I know it's a truth. Second, second, Timothy, you can write down second, Timothy, uh, this is the fourth chapter, verses 2 through 4. Second Timothy, the fourth chapter, verses 2 through 4. This is when Paul tells Timothy, look, Timothy, in the last days something's gonna happen. In these last hours, something's gonna happen. Listen to verse number two. He tells him, Preach the word of God. Be prepared. And this is I love this again, our new living translation. Listen. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently uh, correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Verse 3, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. That is sound doctrine. Listen, the time will come. Four stood up in in the book of Daniel, the first chapter. The others did not. The time will come when people will no longer listen to sound or wholesome teaching. Or that is sound doctrine. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will cleave to those that are telling them things that will make them feel good. I told you that in these last days the gospel will be watered down by many to simply a feel-good message. They will tell the people what they want to hear. In other words, the worship again is geared toward the people and not toward the will of God. The, The worship is geared toward filling the seats and not toward what God is saying from heaven. Paul said, I want you to be aware of that preacher, be aware of that church members, be aware of that body of Christ. The time will come when the people will not endure sound doctrine. They will not want to hear the true gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a popular theology out there, again, that heaven is the default place to spend eternity. If you're a good person, God lets you in that's the world's theology that's what the world thinks if you are good you get in if you don't hurt anybody if you have good karma you will get in they say as long as you're serving your god you will get in whoever your god may be as long as you're faithful to that god you know you'll get in but that is not the gospel of jesus christ the bible says emphatically and it is true that there is no other name no other name given under heaven whereby men must be saved it is only in the name of jesus but here again this theology is trying to creep its way into the church when many of those that attend church don't even believe that they don't even believe that jesus is the only way the world would say you're narrow-minded that cannot be true but still that does not change the gospel of christ jesus and what are we going to do about the others? That's God's business. Jesus. And I believe with all my heart that as the body begins to stand up, and gets out of the devil's bed and begins to cry Lord save me from me heal me deliver me make me your ambassador make me a witness let the glory your glory shine about me in me and through me to affect the change in the world around me let them see Jesus in me when we begin to make a distinction and when Jesus is clearly seen in our lives not only in church but on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday night Night, when we make that distinction then they will look to god and say you are the god you are true we will serve you Amen. are you hearing Amen. this is the message that you will hear begin to hear preached throughout the pulpits that belong to jesus As the Lord begins to call his people from the world, as he begins to call them from the king's meat, and he will empower you, hear this child of God, he will empower you to live for him. By his grace, he will empower you to live for him. By his anointing, he will empower you to live for him, because he knows that the king's meat tastes good. He knows that people use drugs not because, not because they think it's healthy for them. They use the drugs because it makes them feel good. These are things that are enticing to the flesh. He knows that it's in your flesh. I wish I had somebody to talk to me today. He knows that it has a hook in your flesh and it's going to take him to deliver you from it. But there must first be a cry from his people saying, God, save me from me there are many of us tipping and hiding slipping and sliding and pulling looking through the curtains is anybody going to see me when I do what I'm going to do I do not want nobody to know what I'm doing they go from town to town from city to city trying to hide what's going on but God says I see all of it are you hearing but here again God knows hey there's a pull on you the father sees that string we can ignore I don't have no string I don't have no string what are you talking about i don't have no, i don't have nothing pulling me i'm serving you god i'm serving you god i don't have no string at all the devil got nothing in me but the lord sees it Amen. Amen. and the more we ignore it the stronger it becomes god's looking for people that will stand and say god it's me it's me oh god it's me oh god and i need you to save me from me you have saved my soul you saved me save my spirit man now help me to overcome this flesh oh hallelujah hallelujah these four stood up and said no it has come this far it will go no further it's time for a revolution. It's time for us to question everything in our lives. To ask the Lord, Lord, if this is not of you, then take this, take these faults, take these desires out of me. There must be a cry. There must be a cry made from us. Understand, we live as believers. Hear me, we always live from the inside out. We live from the inside out. You will not see anything manifest on the outside if it's not manifested on the inside. If you don't have it here, you're not going to see it out there. The work must first begin on the inside, in our inward parts. The work of the Spirit must first begin on the inside. Well, how does he do it? He first begins to work in your heart, begins to work in your mind, begins to change your thinking. And as that changes, as your thinking changes, your actions will change. Are you hearing? Oh, we're almost done. We're almost done. So here again. When the kings meet. When the king's meat, when we eat of the king's meat, or when Daniel, they said, we're not going to do this. They decided we're not going to eat of the king's meat nor drink of his wine. But if we were to partake of it, understand, we will be partaking of demonic characteristics. You will be, as one man said, you are what you behold. You look at that thing long enough, you become that listen to that thing long enough, you'll become that. As you hang around a certain group of people, I guarantee you, if part of your friends are walking like this, if they're walking with that that pimp daddy, sort of walk, they're walking like that. After a while, you'll be walking like that because you want to fit in. If half of your friends go and yo, 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 and you start off, hello, how are you doing? Yo, yo, yo. Hello, how are you doing? Yo, yo, yo. Well, I suppose it couldn't hurt. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. Because whoever you flock with, whoever you hang with, you'll, be, you'll begin eventually to look like them. Amen. 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 Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Yes, 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 Tell your neighbor, yo, yo, yo. yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Are you hearing what we're saying? I think you're getting the point, aren't you? Yes. Now listen, the king offered them his meat and his wine. The meat and wine. He offered them flesh and wine. What does that sound like to you? Flesh and wine. I think that sounds like a communion. If you look in John the 6th chapter verse 55. Let's go there. John 6 verse 55. He's offering them the devil. The enemy. Offering. A type of communion. Now, this is important. John, the sixth chapter, and let's look at verse 55. You got it? Amen. The Lord says here, let's look back up to verse 50, 53. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Verse 54 whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh of my blood hath eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day verse 55 for my flesh is what meat indeed and my blood is what drink indeed are you hearing Amen. and at the time of communion are we partaking of the wine are you hearing me of the body and that is the bread and the wine Amen. Amen. are you hearing me or the flesh and the wine so the enemy is offering them a different type of communion here again here is the antichrist instead of christ the devil says here partake of this communion Take partake of mine let me give you mine and what is this saying so here again, the devil is offering a counterfeit, a, a counterfeit communion. And what is communion, communion designed to do? Communion is designed to build intimacy. Be, uh, designed to build intimacy with God. It's designed to build hope and, and joy on the inside of us. Amen. God has pleasures forevermore. God wants to give things to you that, he, that he, he actually wants to please you. God actually wants to please you. He wants to bless you. Amen. Are you hearing so, these are part of the communion. So, what the enemy was doing, he was trying to give them a false sense of intimacy, a false sense of loyalty, so to speak. Just be loyal to me, I'll take care of you. Yeah, I'll take care of you. And we see how he took care of them too, didn't it? Amen. He's going to throw them into the fire and furnace at the first notice, at the first sign of them being, being disobedient. Intimacy. Let's look at the word intimacy. The word intimacy, say intimacy, intimacy. say intimacy. intimacy. The word intimacy can be broken down like this, into me I see, into me I see. In other words, we all want to be vulnerable. We all want to be loved with no strings attached. Everybody wants that. With no strings attached. But the devil can only offer you intimacy. He can only offer it to you, but he cannot supply it. He says, take this false communion, take my communion, take my flesh, drink my blood. Now, we know that the Lord Jesus here was not talking in, in John, the fifth chapter. We know that he was not talking about uh, hooking himself up to an IV pole and and filling up a blood bag and and going around a room and putting drops of his blood in everybody's cup. We know not. we know he's not talking about um, um, uh, uh, feeding his people, the people, his actual flesh. Like some of the pygmy tribes over there, the the carnivorous people that eat each other. He's not talking about that, but he's talking about having a true intimacy with him. He's talking about being all in, all in with him, all in, not halfway in, not halfway out. He's talking about building an intimacy with the father. Are you hearing? So he says, eat my flesh, drink my blood. These are the signs of a new covenant. You're going to be all in once you do this. And many people were offended at that message because they didn't want to be all in with God. They didn't want to be all in with Christ. So many walked away. Are you hearing? Now we're about to close. So the enemy has all this stuff and Jesus has actually already won the victory over sin, over this culture. He tells the disciples, be of a good cheer. I have overcome the world. And because he has overcome the world, we can overcome the world. He's already saved us. I thank God once you receive Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior of your life, he has truly saved you. He saved your spirit, man. Now you're brand new. But we're struggling with the flesh. We're struggling with our mind. We're still indoctrinated with this culture. We're in this thing. And now the Lord said, it's time to be pulled away from it. It's time to stop hiding around. Stop hiding behind the bushes, hiding in the curtain, looking through the blinds. And begin to cry out from the inside. God, save me from me. Take this desire out of my heart. It's time to begin to have right confessions. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This thing that I've been doing is not me. I'm a holy man of God. If you're a woman, say, I am a holy woman of God. However you do it, begin to confess the word of God over your life. And as you do that, your life will change. And the glory of God will be upon you. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. We'll stop there.
0: We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10 Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Use him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.